This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a tune that we all love. Playing out of person time. May have had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Welcome to the latest edition of the Port Vale Mill podcast. Um, that's seven and a half hours for anyone that's counting. It's five games without a goal in the league. You can tell what my mood's like after last night, and I know Tom's isn't much different than mine. But Johnny, how are you to get in? How are you feeling? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Can't complain too much. Very good. Have Have you got last night out of your head, or is it still there? Yeah, it's 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 still there, but like I think I'm a bit more. I wouldn't say positive, but I can kind of see. I, I can see a way out. Whereas I think you pair are a bit are a bit downhearted still, aren't you? I'm very downhearted, and I'll tell you where I'm at, and then I'll land over to Tom. Uh, as I've said, it's five games without even a goal. Now, you can go a couple of games without a goal and put it down to bad luck. To go five games without a goal is fucking shambolic in my eyes. Absolute bastard shambolic. Um, the next three games for me now are massive. I'm not calling for Crosby's head by any stretch of the imagination. I think anyone there is, that's a bit daft at the moment. However, if we were to lose the next three games, my view on that could change. Tom? I think the next three games are massive for us in the season. Yeah. Uh, we're saying no one's calling for his head yet, but there's a potential that in 10 days' time, I, I will be. Um, uh, there's no... There looks no organisation going forward last night. We, we look like we completely run out of ideas and we have no idea how to fucking change it. Um there's players who are half arsing. Um and last night was bang unacceptable. And you can give me all the we huffed and we puffed all you fucking want. They were well in control of that game last night. And no, we were shy. They were mate, they were they never even broke sweat. Tom, Tom, their keeper's got man of the match for fuck's sake. 
the centre half scoring team of the week. How was their, their goalkeeper got man of the match? He's made two routine saves from distance. Well, their, their keeper's got man of the match. On, For, on, on, on what? On the thing that the, the EFL used to score players, and that's why their centre-half got in Team of the Week, mate. I, so. Yeah, I agree their centre-half in Team of the Week because he was what? quality. He didn't break sweat, though. So, hang on. So, he was quality but didn't break sweat. Which one was it? Well, you can be quality and be miles above whoever you're playing against, can't you? Which he was, he absolutely back-potted, pocketed everyone who came up against him. We didn't create a we didn't create a clear-cut chance apart from Planties, and then the long-range efforts. So we did create a clear-cut chance then. We cre- one one Johnny since when since bloody Portsmouth. Well, no. We created fuck all at Bristol Rovers. Creating fuck all. I mean, what? When, when did the Stevenage goalkeeper make a save? Well, it didn't because Loft skied it, but that was a clear-cut chance. He should have buried it. Won a game. Won a game. It's crap. No, because it wasn't one a game, was it? Because we went through on goal and Mick pinched it off off the foot. Our blaster should have shot and didn't. So we're creating chances. We're making bad decisions. We're not. We're not. <laughs> we're so clueless when we're going forward. And we've yeah. got two lads up front who haven't got a clue what they're doing for as far as I'm concerned. We're better with loft than we were out, but it's in a good I- enough. I'll interject, and I'm somewhere in between you both. I'm not quite as far as Tom down that side. However, their goalie man of the match is an absolute joke. He, he hasn't made a good save for me. He's made two routine saves that we've hit from 40 yards. And Funzo was the only one that wanted to have a shot. I don't know if the others were told not to shoot or they were scared of shooting. Centre-off had a quality game, but the problem is we... And I said this last night in the group. If you take the penalty areas and the goals off a football pitch, we're a lovely side. We're a brilliant side in between them penalty boxes. We keep the ball while we move it, while we're energetic. We took 20 minutes to get going last night, at which point we'd already lost the game. Because when you can see goals and you don't score, you're never going to win a game of football. So we lost the game in the first 20 minutes. However, for the rest of the game, we played some nice stuff. The problem is, last night we were complete and utterly clueless when it got to their box for me. And we weren't much better in our box last night. Connor Ripley has had a much better game than their goalie. When it comes to shot stopping, obviously he gave him one opportunity with a poor touch and at times his kicking was woeful. But shot stopping, Connor Ripley's probably made three really good saves for me. I don't think their goalie's made a really good save. So I don't agree with their goalie man the match. Centre half was a class above. However, I think we're easy to defend against. And I think if anyone disagrees, we've gone five games without scoring a goal. Surely that tells you we're easy to defend against. And is that down to the players not making the right choice in the final third? Is it down to them not being given the creative freedom to do what they want? Is it down to them not doing enough on attacking patterns on the training pitch? Or are we doing too much and it's kind of, this is what you will do, and you haven't got the freedom to change? Johnny, you're the more positive one. What are your thoughts? For me, it's down to confidence. Because you saw when we were doing well, Chizzy was hitting in front outside the area. When was the last time he hit one from outside the area? For a start, when first round of the cup. Well, it's after he scored. He scored since then, hasn't he? From outside but, the box, I don't know. But I think the Charlton one was just funny, but it was still a one-on-one, money. But it was outside, yeah. I think he was outside when he put yeah. it in. Well, that's what I mean. Like it seems like he got injured, and then he's come back from his injury, and now we won't shoot from outside the box. And it's like 
it we just we 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 seen the void of ideas in the penalty area, and that's that big issue. But we're still we're still creating a chance, two chances, three chances a game. It may not be big chances, and it may not be clear chances, but. The, the Gav Massey chance last night, where Loft nods it down, if he's nodding that down to, to Thomas, you, we're probably scoring there. And that's the, the issue. The issue is what's happening. Garrity isn't the same Ben Garrity as six games ago. Like, our blaster's not being as effective because everyone else isn't being as effective. And it's just, it, it's a domino effect. And it seems like, because of losing the yak, we see we we seem to have lost something going forward. For me, reeks of breaks have been put on. I said to you last night a couple of times, Mitch Clark stood there full back up, what, four or five times that first half? Not mm-hmm. once did he try and go past him. No, and what my response to you though was Plant does the exact same thing, so yeah. I think that's tactical. But well, that's what I mean. We we genuinely look like we've put the brakes on. We don't. We we look devoid of ideas going forward, and his 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 way of going forward seems to be we'll move them about. But we're moving them about so from so far away that it's just it doesn't work. You can't move teams around between your back three only. It's pointless because they're just shuffling. They're just going across either side. And then all of a sudden we go, oh, Mitch Clark's in space. But by the time we've passed it to three players, they've all shuffled across. Mitch Clark gets it, he goes back, and then we shuffle it right away back across to Gav Massey. And they've all just failed to the cross. We're not getting anywhere. There's no... It's, there's, there's literally the same example I bring up every single time this ever comes up with any manager. And it was Mickey Adams when he came in, and they had we had two or three little routines as we went forward. The the one that sticks in everyone's mind used to be, I think it was it was either the right back or the right winger would play the ball into Mark Richards. Mark Richards would step over it. Justin Richards would filter in behind. Mark Richards would spin, little layoff, bang, he got a shot away. Didn't always go in. I think he probably went in once or twice. But it was a pattern of play. It was a routine. We've got fuck all when we get up there. We get up there and all of a sudden we have to come back because nobody knows where they should be. We've got a big lad who they, they don't know whether they're supposed to come to the corner of the box when the winger's got it and and play off and bat off there because then the problem arises we're getting down the line we're whipping balls and there's no frigger in the box because your two midfielders have been told not to go in the box by the looks of it you look at the goal they scored last night look how many players they've got in the box and then look at any cross we've put in all season we've got two men max unless it's a corner it's not good enough. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I've said it on here a few times about we don't get players into the box. I think we looked more effective last night going forward with two up top. However, we then looked a lot more open in midfield and you can't have it both ways. And I think he's got some big choices make on the formation he's going to use going forward because, as I've just said, two up top does give you more people in the box. It gives you more creativity up there. It gives you more men aimed for. However... Funzo at times looked completely open in midfield because he got no one there supporting him. Serious question now. Do you think two up two up top looked any different? No. I thought we I thought we had 
more bodies in the box. That's about the only difference. We still looked devoid of ideas. We still didn't know how to create anything. We were still very much passing it from side to side, which I've got no issue with. But you've got to pass it quickly. You can't just pass it laboured and slow because, as Tom's already rightly said, the other team just shuffle across. Then, if you're doing that, don't get me wrong, we're not Man City and we're never going to be Man City. Watch them do it and the ball's quick. It's moving quick and it doesn't give the time side to set up. We do it that slow. Me, you and Tom could have played centre-half last night and been set up for it. And Tom's only got one knee. <laughs> not wrong. I think the one the one that frustrates me, and it ha- happens so many times, and it's probably Smithy is probably the worst for it. And this isn't me digging him out or anything like that. But it's uh, sometimes the central defender, the central of the three has got the ball. And they're receiving it from, say, the left-hand side. And they're going to the right. Instead of going straight to the right wing back, we have to seem to go to the right centre back, who then goes to the right wing back. And by the time we've done that, people have moved across. But the problem is they're so isolated or so deep that we're almost saying you've got to take two men off to get a ball in the box. Because with that spread, the players just can't keep dogging across. So it just it seems like we're killing ourselves tactically. Let's get into it. We've kind of give where we're at with our thoughts at the moment. I'm with you, Tom. Next three games are absolutely massive. Johnny, if we lose the next three, what are your thoughts at? If if we lose the next three, the pressure is going to be on. But let's be fair. The next two two of the next three mean fuck all if we don't if we if we don't start picking up points in the league. Yeah. Because if, if we lose to Charlton, win the two cup games, I don't care. Because I, I, I I'm not bothered about it quarter-final game against a big lad if we're going to be bottom of the league by the time that comes round. So, at, at, at this minute, Cheltenham, Cheltenham's the bigger game of the three. And it's, if we lose it against Cheltenham and win the other two, I think it papers over cracks rather than gives any confidence. It's, yeah. What it's about a, if we beat Cheltenham and lose to Mansfield? And I'm, all right. I'm, all right. I'm all right with that. That's not papering over cracks, though. Well, the league's a bread and butter, though. Yeah, but we've got a bit in the bank in the league, haven't we? We're not we're not 21st. You say we've got a bit in the bank. We're now only seven points above the drop. Yeah, we're probably only seven points out of playoffs, aren't we? I don't know, because I'm actually looking down in the league now rather than up. I mean, we're pretty we're pretty average. I think we've have we won seven, lost seven, drawn two. I'm bringing the table up now. We are. We haven't played that many games, I don't think. We've won five, drew three, lost six. We're on 18 points. Sixth place is Blackpool on 23, so we're five points off the playoffs. Fourth bottom is Wigan on 11, so we're seven points off. So we're closer to the playoffs. So we've got a bit in the bank. We have. The worrying thing for me is, I know our goal difference looks bad because we lost 7-0 to Barnsley. Take that out. We're on minus three still. So out of that five games we've won, and if you're taking Barnsley out five games we've lost, we're on a goal difference of minus three, scoring 11 goals in 14 games. That's fucking awful. It, it is, it is. And I'll be honest, I looked at it last night and I actually thought, fucking hell, 11 in 14 is shit. Then I looked at Shrewsbury. They've only scored seven so far this season. Wow. And then a goal difference of minus nine. Yeah. So it's... um. You know, and I'm not that isn't me saying, oh, there's 
you know, probably saying if anything, fucking gonna be nil nil in a few weeks, isn't it? Um, but the goal. How many have we conceded? Well, was it, we're on minus ten, so if we've scored eleven, we can. All oh, right, try one. Right, yeah. Take out your seven. I know it's. I know it's a thingy. Take out your freak game. Take out your seven. Yeah, so Fourteen. So it's a goal a game, essentially. When you're not scoring a goal a game, does it all come down to goal scoring again? Um, I don't know. I, I think I think Bez summed it up quite well. Earlier. It comes up down to both because we haven't. I can't remember the last time we conceded a good goal. Mm. And that's the thing. I I honestly like Bristol, Bristol Rovers. Giovanni Brown. That 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 one's probably the last good goal we've conceded. And even that, you could probably point fingers at. The, the centre half not being tight enough, but sometimes I think you can do that with every goal, can't you? So yeah. there's always a chance to lay a blame somewhere, isn't there? But yeah, yeah. But that's the last good goal we conceded, isn't it? Let's be honest. I'll be honest. I prefer. I don't know which I prefer because last season we were fucking ranting and raving because we were conceding for thirty yards every week. But we're now we're now conceding goals, and each one of them is are avoidable. And that's that's more frustrating in the way of that, like it's 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 our fault. Last night was our fault. Like whatever 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 Massey did to palm it into his own net is beyond me. Because when you watch it back, their lad heads it against Massey and it goes in, and it's like I just don't, I, I don't understand it. We 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 set up really badly at that point, but. It's not. It's not Massey's fault. He's not a wing back, and no. I don't. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Well, where, where, where does he play? Because when he played up front, we said he's not. He doesn't play there. He's you know he's playing out of position. He played wing back all season for Wigan when they got promoted. Why? Why is he not a wing back? He's just as much of a wing back as anybody else at the club. He's just been used. He's probably been used in the wrong place for me for the rest of the time. He should be playing wing back for me. That's where yeah. we signed him for, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's where we signed him for. But at Wigan, he, it's not like he played every game. He was coming off the bench most of the time playing there, and it, it's like the difference. He got forty starts. He didn't. He didn't start forty times for Wigan. No, I think he started about fourteen and got forty appearances. Yeah. So he's still playing a decent part though at Wick at full at right right back, is he? I think for me, the most effective we've seen Massey, especially under Crosby, is a number 10. However, he isn't getting in there because you've got all Blaster, you've got Chesney, you've got Garrity, you've got well, Blanty, arguably. But overall, them that you just mentioned, none of them are doing anything at the minute. That's so great. Going in over him. Ch- Chislett's not done anything since he's come back from injury, other than be kicked fuck out of. He's not creating like he was earlier in the season. He's not shooting. Garrity's done nothing since the goal's dried up. It's like, does anybody think a change of Garrity and Arblaster makes any difference? What swapping? Swapping them? Pairs? Yeah, moving Arblaster further forward. No, think, to be honest. I, just, I don't. I don't think we've got anyone who can get control of the fucking ball. See, I, he seems to be the only one who wants to go past, doesn't he? Yeah, I'd be bringing Divine in now. Yeah, I oh. took the words out of my mouth. I thought Alfie looked good when he came on last night. To be yeah. Fair. We'll, we'll, we'll obviously get to that in because I think we're going to have 
a lot of different ideas for we Saturday. Are. We but, are. So let's get into it. Let's get into last night first. So last night finished Vale nil, Peterborough one. Brought to you by Johnny's Bar at St John's Square, Burslem. Get yourselves down, have a beer before the game on Saturday, and let's hope you don't need one after the game Saturday. Well, let's hope you need one, but it's celebratory and not commiseratory, because if it's commiseratory, Saturday night's pod's going to be fucking rough, I'll tell you that now. Um, so the stats, it was Vale nil, Peterborough 1, the goal coming in the 14th minute, which Sky have credited to Mason Clark. I think that's a bit wrong for me. I think it goes down as an own goal, but that's who Sky have credited to. Possession, Vale had 55% of the possession to Peterborough's 46, according to Sky. Obviously, around in Addicts, it's 101. Total shots, Vale had 16 to Peterborough's 10. On target, Vale had 5 to Peterborough's 5. Clear-cut chances, Vale had 0 to Peterborough had 2. Corners, 5 apiece. Offsides, 2 apiece. Yeah, Sky, Sky didn't know they were awesome, Ralph, but Peterborough had 3 clear-cut chances. Yeah, and I'd say three as well. Um, aerial duels won. Vale won 16 to their 10. Fouls won. Vale won seven to Peterborough's 10. Yellow cards. Vale had one. Peterborough had five. There you start. So, Johnny, you messaged me before the game and you said, massive game for Massey at wing back. We're trying to win the game, which is a positive. Another strong bench. Yeah. <laughs> it was a massive game for Massey, and I think we'll get into that because everyone knows that I've actually said Massey's had a good season so far this season. I thought he was dog shit last night. Yeah, well, well, we'll get on to him when when we get there. But yeah, it it, it was it, it was difficult last night because we we did the right things in the middle. We we created enough chances and got in the right positions. We just we're making stupid tactical decisions for me at the minute. And it's got to be down to the management side of it because playing... Sang's probably had his two best games on the bounce and, and we drop him. And it's like, that that doesn't make any sense. And I don't care what anyone says about, about down to sports science and stuff like that. Professional footballers can play two or three games on the bounce and not need a rest. That's about what you do in the week then to rest them up and, and sort them out. You've got three or four days. It, it's just bonkers. I think it might be an old school way of thinking, but it's for me to play your best team. And then if one player can only do 50 minutes, bring him off after 50 minutes. Like, don't go, oh, he can only do 50 minutes. So what we're going to do is going to play him for 30. It just, just give yourself the best chance. And that's that's my thing at the minute. We've got players sat on the bench that could could do a better job than the players on the pitch. There's no guarantee. We've got some stuff, like, like we mentioned, the left wing back situation. We're cutting in and cutting back every single time. And we seem to be scared to go on the outside. The right wing back situation, we're getting it from deep and either drilling across or floating across. And, there just isn't enough people in the box for that. Garrity's not get, wasn't getting in the box last night. Ooch was down the sides when he was on. Loft was down the sides, and it just we need support. We need we we need almost go back to basics with something. And I think that's what like that's my big thing at the minute. We need we need to figure out 
what we want to be. There's no point being a pretty footballing team that has got a soft underbelly and nothing up top. Like it's going to go one way. We we just we need we need we need figure it out and we need figure it out in the next three days. Yeah, we do, we do. And the reason I said the next three games are massive is because if if you lose to bottom of the league and then go out to both clubs, that is very unhappy fans and it's a very unhappy best on the podcasts. Tom, yeah. any more react? Go on, John. I was just about to say, yeah, I, I I agree and I get the sentiment behind it. But at the minute, the league's bread and butter. Like we we've got to be looking at the Mansfield game when it comes to it. We beat Cheltenham, lose to Mansfield, beat Burton. It's all right. If we beat Mansfield and beat Cheltenham, yeah, it's it's all right. It's but at the end of it, like I'm just bothered about sorting this league form out, and then everything else can take care of itself. Yeah, I want to go and put four past someone in the next three games, just so that they show that we actually know where the goal is. Because at the moment, I'm not convinced we do any training in front of goal. Well, we obviously do. That was said tongue-in-cheek for anyone that's going to take me at, you know, face value. It's just a reaction because I'm pissed off that we haven't scored in seven and a half fucking hours of football, just in case I haven't mentioned that five games is seven and a half hours. Tom? Uh, well, I'd like us to score just four across the next three games. That'll do me alone. I'm putting four past someone. Uh, yeah, I think Johnny probably hit the nail on the head with with certain stuff we we have got to take it you know kind of I don't there's none of the three games are more important or less important uh, than each other for me but they have to come um, one you have to take them as they come into you you have to go you know the Cheltenham game is now the most important the Mansfield game then follows as the second most important, and then the third most important is Burton, because that's the order they fall in. We need to be playing the strongest possible side. Yeah, but, I, I, but, but I also will be fucking annoyed if we play. You know, say we play against Chatham, all right, and we we went two one. I'll be really annoyed then if we make ten changes on Tuesday night. Oh, yeah. And then we play the same side that's played this Saturday against Burton. I'll be fucking furious with that. Yeah. To be fair, the way that the players are dropping like flies at the moment, I don't think we'll have enough players to make 10 changes. Well, but... no, I got I got from... <laughs> there was one thing that I wanted to bring up, and that was in Crosby's post-match last night. And I think I said it in the group earlier, and it worried the fuck out of me. Was we need to keep doing what we're doing and hope that something falls to us in the box. That doesn't sound like we've got a game plan going forward in the box. It seems like we're going to keep putting it in the box and just hope something drops, which you're not going to score. You're not going to score more than 35, 40 goals a season just hoping shit drops for you in a box. Um, so that was, was it worrying? Was it frustrating? Probably bed both. Um, but other than that, no, nothing more to add at this point. Yeah. Johnny, carry on with your rating for Crosby and the coaching staff and their marks for the night. It's it's a four because I don't want to dig out too many players at the minute, but some players stayed on the pitch too long. Some players left the pitch too early. Some players 
look like they they didn't have a clue what they were doing, and there was just there was it felt like chaos at times. And then it set, then it'll set, settle down for twenty twenty five minutes, and it, it's nice and and whatnot. And then we make the subs, we make the sub at half time, and then it, go, it it felt like a bit more chaos. And then that never settles down. Like with with Uke, it just doesn't settle down because you don't know what you don't know what he's going to do. So how are you supposed to do patterns of play with that? I don't know, but you know what he what he'd like to do. And it's like when he got down the edge and at the last the last minute and put the ball out of play when Josh Thomas added the ball and it ended up in the back of that. I've seen people saying that that was wrong because of because of video that's three foot behind the line shows that it might be on the line. It was about it was a good yard out as each as each put it in. Thomas fouls the man. Dela doesn't really jump for it, and it's just like. It's stuff like that that's frustrating. It's like it's pretty much the last minutes of the game and we just ran it out of play. And I couldn't tell from where I was whether it was in and out, but Johnny, I know where your position is. You're pretty much bang on the byline or very, very close to. So I did say you'd have a much better view of that one. Yeah, like, you, you know, sometimes, like, you know when it's close, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you look at it all as, as it... It was like as soon as soon as as soon as he got there, it was like yeah, that's out. And no, no fan. There's loads of fans stood stood near there as well. Like if you watch the video, there's the the, the people, the mass exodus that happened. There was a lot of people stood stood right there. That if that wasn't out, would have gone mental. So I I was 100 percent confident it was out. It's it's one of them, and it's just I say I just think. At the minute, it's, it's stupid decisions that are costing us. Yep, fair enough. So that's your rating for Crosby and coaching staff. Next, I'm getting sick of doing this. Brought to you by repair-glasses.co.uk. And that's not the bit I'm getting sick of. So if you have got glasses that need a repairing, get yourselves over to repair-glasses.co.uk and they'll do a cracking job repairing your glasses. But I'm getting sick of doing fucking ref watch because every week it's copy and paste the same. Another shit, ref. Absolute dog shit. Garrity's at the time, I'll be honest with you, I'm down the far side of the paddock near the ammo. I wasn't 100% sure. I thought it does look as though Garrity's got there first as the goalie got in or as he just stood there, a bit like Conor Ripley's at Charlton where he didn't go in. Seeing it back, the goalie went in. He's walloped Garrity. It's an absolute fucking stonewall penalty. It's another GBH charge that we should be having against an opposition player and Garrity's been booked for it. Now, as a referee, there are times where you don't give a penalty and you don't boot the player because you say, no, there is contact, so it's not a dive, but I don't feel as though it's enough for a foul. So I get that. If you're booking a player, you're saying, I am 100% confident that there's no contact and you've thrown yourself to the ground. We've seen the replays, and to be fair, thank you for Tom Green, player photographer, I've seen it online. Um, he sent the picture out. You can see this contact. Go on, Johnny, you didn't come through my end there. No, well, what what I was, I was going to say about about that was watch the pitch side video because that tells you everything you need to know. Their keeper shits himself, whacks his hands up, speaks to the referee, still shits himself because he doesn't know what the referee's given. Like almost apologizes and then runs off because he's like shit. He hasn't. He's not giving this, and it. it we, I've said it to you before, Bez. Player reaction tells you a lot 
about what you need to know, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. And, and like, we, we've all played football, and it doesn't matter what level you've played football at, but we've all played football, and you know when you've kicked someone, you, you know that the, the immediate reaction is, hands up, I've not touched him. Like, and if somebody's dived, how many times you see, like, players go in at them, screaming at them, calling them all, all the names under the sun and stuff like that? That's what their keeper would be doing if 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 he hadn't touched Garrity. But instead, his first instinct is fuck arms up. I haven't touched him here, and and then continues to plead his innocence when the referee had already given a goal kick anyway. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things that leads me to it. You can't. The video is inconclusive. The picture, I can get why people say he's on the, on his way down already, but again. Lords of the game doesn't it doesn't have to be contact. So that's the other thing. Nowhere in the law does it say you have there has to be contact for it to be a foul. Because the intent's in there, isn't it? So the the wording on laws of the game is trips or attempts to trip. Yeah, and that so that would be an attempt for a trip if he hasn't touched him. So it's it's one of them, isn't it? It's you can you it's one it's another grey area that you can interpret how you want. Yeah, the only way it's not a penalty is if he's kind of come running out, but then stands there and doesn't make any attempt with his leg for a trip. Yeah. There is contact, we can see there's contact, so it's a penalty. And yeah. It's another bad decision, it's another letter we're going to get from the referee, it's another 90 minutes of football, we haven't scored a goal, and we're on to seven and a half hours now for anyone that's counting. Um, what, what I will say about the referee last night, and he reminded me of Trevor Kettle just because he was really inconsistent with the decisions he was making. Yep. There, was, there was times on throw-ins he was making both teams go backwards and then the next one, it was like, fuck it, take it from where you want. Time-wasting, he was he bollocked a couple of players for time-wasting. But never boots. And then, well, yeah, but then their lad that got boots for kicking the ball away, eh? He was ten yards. Or, he was ten yards off the pitch already. As he towed it away, so uh, yeah. I, I get, I get it. By by the letter of the law, that's a booking because yeah. you're not supposed to do that sort of shit. But Funzo did it in the first half where we conceded a free kick. He carried it away, and that would be the exact same situation. It's just it's it's all the inconsistencies. And yeah, there's, there was one. It went out for a veil thrown in the Peterborough number eight got the ball at his feet and then sort of ran away as though, oh, I'm not kicking the ball, it's just hitting me as I'm running. Yeah, yeah. That's a yellow card offence. The lad that was off the pitch down pretending to be injured in the 90th minute and when the ref went over and said to him, get up, he got up and ran away, he should have been booted because that was simulation. Well, the penalty... Yeah, he should have been booted twice. He should have been booted earlier for time wasting where the ref just well, said no. to him, oh, get on with it, it mate. In, in in that instance, because when the ref told him get up, gets up, he gets up and sprints after the referee. Yeah, yeah. So in that instance, but also earlier the ref had a little quiet word for time wasting. He had a word with their goalie about four times for time wasting. Now not one of them's a booking. I don't know. Um, the plenty one on the night I was unsure. Seen it back in full speed. It looks like an handball. If you slow it down, it isn't. The Peterborough yeah. lads moved his hand away. He's hitting kind of on the hip. So it's not on ball, so no penalty there. But the one I did want pick up on ref watch, and the ref got this right, but it caused a lot of murmurs from Vale fans. And I've said it on here before, but for those that didn't see it, or perhaps tell people around you that are moaning, 
Bale had an offside free kick that was taken inside their half. So the offside was given inside the Vale half to a Peterborough lad. So he was over the halfway line in his own half. And people around me, how can it be offside if he's in his own half? Now, the laws of the game changed a few years back. A player standing in an offside position is not an offence. There's no foul if a player standing in an offside position. There's no offence committed. When the player becomes active, that's where the offence occurs. So, therefore, the Peterborough lad was offside when he was behind our defenders in our half. However, he didn't become active till he went over the halfway line and become active when he went for the ball there. That's where the offside happened. So, that's where the free kick's taken from. So, yes, it is possible to have an offside free kick inside the opposition's half. That's why it happened last night and people were laughing at the officials. The officials got that one spot on. Might be the only thing they got spot on all night. And the ref set the tone in the first five seconds when he gave a free kick against Loft. And I didn't see because I was looking at Ripley because he got the ball. But he decided to give a free kick. So, ref watch. He wasn't as bad as the one Saturday who got zero. He gets a one. That's it. A one. Dog shit. Tom, anything to add on the ref or shall we move on to the players? No, move on, mate. Otherwise, we'll get bogged down. Sounds like a plan to me. So, let's go through the players. Let's get into it. Let's see who caused a goal threat and who didn't. In goal, number one, Connor Ripley did cause a goal threat. Johnny, but unfortunately, it was at our end. Yeah, at least he saved it. Yeah, great save. Yeah. Um, Ripley a seven. Um, three brilliant saves. One of them is caused himself. Um, by dicking around with it, but he recovered really well to save it. The goal, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know how it's happened. I really don't know how it's happened. He obviously, it's not. It's not his ball to claim because it's going out on the corner of the six-yard box. But for it then to be headed back across, hit Matty, and then end up in the back of the net, I don't. I don't know how that's happened. So I think Ripley's got to take. A portion of the blame there, but only a small portion. Um, but yeah, again, he's made three cracking saves, and that double save in the first half was, was brilliant. The first one maybe could have gone gone further out and to not create the second one, but he saved them both. So we'll um, we'll give him benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and I think on the Aiden Stone interview, I said the Aiden Stone save against Mansfield. I remembered him getting a standing ovation for that. Connor Ripley got a standing ovation for the double save last night. Tom, Connor Ripley. Yeah, um, I think Johnny's been a little bit harsh on him on the goal. It, it looked um, from where the, the lads headed it to almost head it back into the box um, as if to try and keep it in play. And it's hit Massey on the hand and gone in. Uh, I think Conor Ripley's purely gone and tried to shove his body against the near po- against the post so that he can't squeeze in there. And as Massey's run back, it's hit Massey's hand because he's headed it back at Massey. It's hit Gav Massey's hand and just gone the other way. Conor Ripley ain't going to see where that's gone, I don't think, for me. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's a bit I'm unsure on, to be fair, mate. Like, watch, watching it on, on the replay and stuff like that, it just looks all a bit... Like, as the header comes back across, and it's Massey, it looks like Massey stood on Conor Ripley's toes. 
Yeah, well, I think I think they've both kind of. I think Massey's realised late that his man's got him behind him and just sort of sprinted towards it. Yeah. Um, and probably, you know, he's ended up causing more fucking problems than he's solved by. Dengi, um, I'd agree that he. I had a little look because I know um, I bought him earlier in the season for a couple of times that I thought he could have come and he hasn't. He ain't coming for that cross. No. Um. So that that's not on him. The, the saves, great saves, fantastic. Um, it's probably the last two games have probably been the two this season where we've actually started to see him make make these kind of saves. Does that make sense? I think yeah. we went a long period of time without really conceding many clear cut chances, and if if we did, they went in. Um. So you know we had the route, we had the one where he came sliding out at the weekend. Um, he did a similar one last night. Uh, there was I know the, I know he caused the problem and he obviously flicked it away. Big strong hand that to be fair as well, and I think he's a whole other all the lad with him as well. Um, the only the only thing is he's obviously his distribution at the minute seems to be a little bit off. Um, frustrating from what we saw at at Barnsley first half. Uh, what we've seen a few other times, we seem to have bombed that idea again. That seems to have gone. That's a, an attacking threat. Um, and he's kicking out his hands. He's very sliced. Um, but can't. Re- I think he kept us in the game last night. Um, so he he'd probably get a seven for his saves. Yeah, with you both on that. And I haven't watched the goal back. I couldn't bring myself to watch it, so I can't really comment any more than what happened on the night. And all that I saw on the night was how the hell's that going to... And it wasn't Ripley. I was putting the blame at, in all fairness. Moving on, Tom, right to the back three. Seems to be a mainstay now. Another solid display for me from Jason Lev. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm slowly becoming a fan of him there, if I'm honest. Um He's calm, isn't he? Um, I think the the fact that he's played in midfield obviously helps him because he's he's not he doesn't look unsure on the ball. Um, he's quite happy to give it back to Ripley whenever, but he's quick with it as well. It's not two touches then give it back. Um, uh, he's obviously quite. You can see on the pitch he's quite commanding and he does a lot of talking. Um. And I'll be honest, for me, would probably I imagine he's probably third in line, captain wise. Mm, I think Smithy, Ojo, and then Lowe. Um, but yeah, to me, he's he's our most consistent centre back at the minute for me. Mm, I think that's fair, Johnny. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think I think that's more than fair. Um, I just. Like like Tom's just touched on, I, I love the fact that he's just calm and he's a presence there. He's, he's obviously he's not big, he's not quick, but nothing nothing ever. You don't look at things and think, oh, that's gone over that that that's gone over him, or oh, he's been outpaced there. He's very good at being in the right positions, and that comes from experience. He's played hell of a lot of his career at right back, so again, has got got that bit of experience and knowledge there. And I just think he's probably he's probably the shining light to come out of this these last three or four games. 
is that maybe we've solved that right centre back issue accidentally. Yeah, um, no, I think you're right. I think what you're not going to get out of them, and I don't particularly want to get out of them, is them marauding runs forward like maybe a cast us from that position. But actually, I want my right centre half to defend, and he seems to be able to do that so far. But he does, he does get forward. That's the other thing. Oh, just... Yeah, he does get forward, but like he's he's the sort of player that gets forward and like when when you give it to him, he's got to deliver it then. And I think that's the, the only thing is like he's. He's, he's a bit streetwise that he won't just deliver it into an empty penalty area. And sometimes when he's got it on, like in between the the off, basically when when he's been rolled back to him, we need to give him the option of actually when he looks up, there's somebody to hit there. Yeah. Because I think I, I really do think he could find him. He's 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 good enough player. So yeah, I I I, I, I like Lowy, and he, he was my he was my man in the match yesterday. Um, I thought he was. I thought I thought he was good again. Um, it's only a seven. You know what I mean? It's nothing like world worldy, but for a centre half, it's it's it'll do, won't it? It's a good place to start. Yeah, he was second in mind in all fairness, with Ripley in third. So yeah, second in mind. So I can see why you've gone for it. So Johnny's paralysis escape room man of the match, Lowy. Uh, paralysis escape room. Get yourself over there and have a look at the website. Horror escape room that we will be there on Friday, Thomas. For fuck's sake. As you can tell, yeah. really looking forward to Can't it. wait again. Can't wait. Because, you know, these things crop up. I say how much. I mean, I should have learned my lesson last time and not said how much I fucking despise them because I got picked on like fuck last time, didn't I? Yeah. Um, and Tom, yeah. these are a sponsor. You meant be selling the experience. Well, no, they picked on me like fuck. They can bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a guest. This is your podcast, mate. <laughs> but yeah, for those that want to try a horror escape room, so something a bit different, a bit scary, get yourselves over to Paralysis Escape Room. Really good night. Good bunch of lads. Really enjoyed it, although it was, yeah, an experience. It was scary. Let's see how this Friday goes in a different one. Moving on, Johnny. He played 45 plus eight before going off injured. So let's have a chat about him. Going to be a big mess, I think, and he looks like a bad and go. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he started really well, composed, calm. He was good on the ball. So you thought thought that it was the start of a decent partnership between between him and um, him and Low there and and whatnot. But it's just yeah, it was just unfortunate, wasn't it? But yeah, I thought he defended well, did his job. He was on for a solid six. Um, but yeah. You, you saw it pop as as soon as when he ran and, and laid it off back. You saw it pop and he punched the ground as soon as he hit the deck. And it's like big lads, big lads not dicking around there as he he, he knows. Yeah. yeah, is it his knee? Uh, no, his hamstring. Oh, his hamstring. Yeah, you saw it. You saw it go as he passed it back. Yeah. Eight weeks. Everything's eight weeks. <laughs> Yeah, he was having a good game, to be fair, wasn't he? We've gone from two weeks to eight weeks with everything now. I wish we wouldn't. I wish we could go the other fucking way, I'll be honest. Tell me about it. Go on, Tom, um, carry on with Kofi. Yeah, no, I thought he I thought he looked looked decent, looked solid. Um he's he's not been by by all means superb, but he's almost kind of settled in and been 
you're six. Six out of ten, seven out of ten. Yeah. Um, which I'm more than happy with from centre-halves. Mm. Um, it's pretty difficult for a centre-half to keep getting eights and nines. You don't want that because it means you're either getting pummeled or um, or they probably see more of the ball than, than they need to. Um, but yeah, he, I'm obviously got it for him, but he seemed obviously devastated himself. He looked a bad and, um, and somehow yet again, light on centre-halves, aren't we? Yeah, yet again. And you talk about centre-halves needing to get an eight, nine out of ten or what they're going to do to it. Last night was just screaming to me for those older fans. I remember in the 90s playing Grimsby at home. And we just couldn't score chance after chance went. And he, to be fair, it was some of George Andrews' famous commentary. And I was there on the night. Aspo picked the ball up on the halfway line, beat about four men, then just drilled it low and hard under the keeper and into the net in front of the bar cars. And we just need something like that at the moment. I don't know which centre-half's going to pick the ball up, beat four or five men and drill it home, but we just need something like that at the moment. Johnny, quick word on Big Jess as he played 45-plus as well as he came on and added time of the first half. Yeah, he seems good off the bench, doesn't he? Mm. Like, again, he he looked calm, composed, and yeah, he, he got he got lucky once when when he just like got himself in position and it kind of flipped off him and he turned. He, he's 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 got all the attributes to be a good good centre half, hasn't he? But I just I just think he's very he's very young still. Like his passing's a bit. He, he's he's doing what Kofi did when he first came in, and like just just literally like rifling everything. So like that's my only that's my only criticism of him. Just take a bit off take a bit off his passing, but yeah, solid six for Deb. Um, and yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Yeah. I, I... Obviously, we're going to have to see more of him now because we've got no other centre-halves fit. And I don't mind that. I think he's going to develop into a very good defender for this club, as Crosby said. I think he gives you a bit of a physical presence in the other box as well when we get corners. He's got the long throw now. Cove's gone because obviously no one else has got the long throw. And he adds that bit of pace at the back. Let's see what he's like starting the game. He's going to have to read it a lot better when he starts. As you say, at the moment, he's doing well when he comes on. Tom, big Jess. Yeah, he had a decent game, didn't he, when he came on, won his head as well. He's, he jumps well, jumps very well. Um, and I like I like the fact that, yeah, all right, if he does get taken on, he has got that little bit of pace where he can get back in. We're not kind of, oh, shit, he's gone past him, that's him out of the game. Um, so, yeah, routine game. Again, one your centre-halves having sixes and sevens. Um, So, yeah, it kind of put my mind a little bit more at ease than after after the Bristol Rovers game. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we're probably going to see him in a run of games now. So we'll see how how that goes. Yeah, I think we are. We're going to have to, or he's going to have to go to, mind you, back four. We haven't got full backs really, have we? So yeah, we're going to have to. Uh, Tom, on the left, Smudgy. Um. Defensively did okay. Um, frustrated me with the amount of time sometimes it takes him to give the ball to somebody, uh, or he stands and he looks at him and people are screaming at him for the ball and he just won't give it him. Um, 
So he needs to speed things up for me. He needs to just start trusting people because it's catching us out. Um, I know I understand, yeah, all right, he's playing on the left-hand side, which he probably hasn't done um, before, but, you know, the the tools of the industry are pretty much the same, and it's just use your left peg more than your right one sometimes. Uh, I mean, nine times out of ten, he's probably got enough time on the ball to use his right foot. Um, so, yeah, he just needs to speed up for me a little bit when, when he's in possession. Can't, can't really ever fault him if he's defending. Um, but if we're playing the way we're playing, he needs to be better on the ball than he has been currently. I would six, maybe a five, six for Smithy for me. Johnny? Yeah, it's a six for Smithy for me. I think, like, I agree with what you're saying. What, and this this was kind of what I, I, one of the things I was touching on earlier with tactical decisions. Kofi is a miles better footballer than Nathan Smith. He's not a miles better defender. Like, let's, let's clarify that before anyone decides they want to hammer me about it. But Kofi is a miles better footballer. Unless, unless our plan is Connor Ripley rolls it to the feet of Kofi and Kofi then switches it to wing back, which it's not, unless I'm missing something. I don't get why Smith isn't in the centre of that three. I don't understand it. it. It does not make any sense in this world to me why he's there because you almost you almost lose a lose a footballer from from our attacking pattern and this one of the things i mentioned earlier about since the yak yak's been out it's it's more the fact that what what he adds in that sense and what compared to what smithy brings and smith's the first center off name on that 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 team sheet every every day but in the centre of the three, I don't, I don't, I don't get this left-hand side of three business with him. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. Let's see, and we'll see what happens at the weekend. Now, obviously, Cope's out. Will he reshuffle the back three, and who goes where? Let's see. Johnny, right wing back was Massey. Who? And that's because he got. He got on the end of Loft's nod. It would have been a one otherwise. It's just, it's so frustrating because he's had some good games this season. he's, He's got the majority of the crowd behind him now. And then he just goes and does that. The whole game, he just didn't look, he didn't look like he wanted to be there. He didn't look like he was, he enjoys it there. He, and that that again is is that a tactical thing because we 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 played him up front number ten as Crosby said that's where you are and then all of a sudden he's he's playing right wing back again like I don't know if you remember Bez but Flickcroft touched on it when we spoke to him of you don't know what the conversations are behind closed doors sometimes you don't know what they're being promised and I yeah. don't agree that a player should like bitch and moan about it but. If you have been promised something and it's not happening, you have got the you you've got the right to be unhappy about it. Um, it's just defensive. He's, he's not he's not defensively strong enough. He's offensively 
he got in a couple of times down the right and just didn't really deliver anything. And I just thought we looked loads better when Sang came on. So we definitely did. It was it's just it's just frustrating because like as I say, I, I, I want I, I want to like him. He's a football player. I want I, I want to be confident when he's on the pitch. I want I want to know what like, I say. Barring two or three players, you could name any any player in our squad, and you know what they bring to it. Do you know what I mean? Like you know what their main strength is, and you know what they're bringing to a match day squad. Like barring Deborah at the minute, because I've not seen enough of him. Like, and the young lads, you know which. If I give, if I say a player, you, you'll say, "Oh, his main strength is this, and he does this." Massey, I can't, I can't, I can't find. I don't know what it is, and that's that's part of the frustration, I think. Mm. Tom, yeah, I agree with everything Johnny said there. Uh, Boys game all season for him. Uh, he didn't look arsed. Uh, I don't know if he's just not a fan of when it goes a bit colder, because I think it was around a similar time last year. He dropped off a little bit as well. Um, There there was one thing I noticed last night, and um, I want to know if anybody else has picked up on it. I'm not sure I've seen him use his left foot. I don't think he's got a left foot. It, It pissed me off last night in one, because I think Lowe played a ball down the line to him, and it was on his left foot. And he tried to take it using the inside of his right foot. I, I, I'm going to be honest here and say you can probably argue the same about Mitch and Planty, though, and their left foot, can't you? I don't know. Planty went on the left-hand side three times last night because that was a point that I'm going to pick up on later on. Um, Mitch, I've seen go on his left foot. I've never, in, in the year and three months we've been watching Gavin, I don't think I've seen him use his left peg to the point where he... It might quite be Tom Conlon territory. Um, but it, it, it was, and I only realised it last night when he tried to take this ball in. And it was on his left foot. His left foot was the closest to the touchline. But instead he tried to take it with his right foot, ended up falling over, which he would, because you're crossing your legs over while you're running. Um, but just, just yeah, frustrating. There wasn't anywhere near the the levels re- required at this in this league for that. Um, I'll be honest, it was that poor of performance. I'd, I'd, I'd put a young lad in the squad over him on Saturday and really give him a volley up the arse. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree with you both. I thought he was diabolical last night. And I've stuck up for him a lot this season. I thought he was diabolical last night to the point where, as you say, Tom, I question if I want to see him on Saturday. At all, even if it means putting me on the bench. All right, let's not go overboard, eh? Well, we'll see. <laughs> Moving on, Tom, across the midfield, my man of the match last night, Funza Woja. Eh, well, he was all right. Didn't see anything of him that I wouldn't expect from him. Unfortunately, that's the way football works, though. If you provide a good level every week, then all of a sudden that becomes your norm. Uh, we saw it, we've seen it this season with Arblaster, we saw it last season with Wazza. Um Well, maybe not last season, maybe the season before with Wazza. Um I just, 
I don't know. The, yes, he was tidy. And, and to be fair, yeah, he was the only one actually probably, you know, digging one out. And and to be fair to him, he's got a decent decent effort on him from distance. That's, that's why he was my man. He's the only one willing to have a freaking pop. And there was and there's willing, and it's not just a it's not just a an aimless on this far out. I'll have a back. He's you know he hits the target relatively reg, regularly. I can't say yeah. that word. Um, but yeah, so I understand why you've given me man of the match. There is possibly one of for me, but um, yeah, I just. Uh, it was a bit of it. I don't know. There was sometimes when he frustrated me. Sometimes things could have gone quicker. There was a an attack later on in the off where he tried to play wide to Planty, I think, and he just smacked it behind Planty and kicked it out for a throw. Yeah. Those are the bits that frustrate me because they're the ones that should be someone like Funzo's bread and butter. Um. So, oh, that's a finish. Um. Sorry. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go with a six for Funzo. Yeah, and I don't think he was spectacular, but I've given him man a match because he was willing to have a go. He was dropping off, try to get the ball and try to get it going. I thought he was let down by a lack of movement in front of him yesterday. And he was trying to drag the team through when people were offing and puffing, but not really doing a lot. Johnny? Yeah, so Funzo was, was for me behind, um, behind Lowe and Ripley. Mm. Um, like I say, I think for, for me, Tom, you've kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of it's become the norm for Funzo to have a good game. So his good game is now becoming his average game. And then when he does make a couple of bad choices in terms of like them passes, they stick out a lot more than maybe someone else who who hasn't set that high standard. Um, a couple of good efforts. Like it's just, yeah, it's just there's nothing like there's nothing really to shout out about and say, wow, that was fantastic, sort of thing. But again, there's nothing to shout out and say, wow, that was absolutely terrible. So, yeah, it, it, it's sick for me as well, Tom. Um, the only, the only criticism I have of him is there's a time and a place for that shot, and maybe his point of view is well there was no fucker else there but we we kind of then decided that that, that was our almost for you Tom here that's our attacking pattern was give it to Funzo 40 yards out and let him have a shot and it's just it's not going to work is it Could no because no, it's got to be one hell of a strike all the time to keep missing keepers from there if, he, if he's doing that once a game, he's not going to be in League One. He, he wouldn't be in League One, would he? No, I'll be honest as well. I thought I think the keeper caught the second one in the in the second half. I think the keeper caught it, and the first one he parried it out. I'll be honest, from where I sat, it looked like it was a bit of a camera save that where he parried it out. I don't I think their goalie was comfortable. I don't think he was a very good goalie. He was decent with the ball at his feet, but we never really tested him with shots. Oh, fucking hell, but first half, I wouldn't say he was decent with the ball. He'd look like he was going to lose it every single time. But Well, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think he was a good shot stopper. I think Conor Ripley's twice the goalie as him. Unfortunately, we didn't really test him. 
Moving on, Tom, next to him was the Blasty. It's Johnny, isn't it? Johnny was the Blasty. <laughs> um, quieter game for Ollie, but I think he's really, I think, I, I think him and Funzo were really hindered by what was in front of them. Um, and it, it was it was frustrating at times to watch. Um, so yeah, it's, it was and it's still a six for Ollie. Do you know what I mean? But like, it, it's bordering on losing a mark. Ollie was because, but then it just it's 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 hard because we're, we're so used to him being combative, moving, passing, getting in amongst stuff. But he he just struggled and. I don't think that's solely down to him. No. And it, to be honest, we looked a lot better for me when we made that tweak of the tactics after 20 minutes because we couldn't get near them. And I don't know if we decided to not get near them or we just couldn't get near them. But then when he pushed Cheslet further forward and Ollie went to push forward, so then you got Loft, Chesley, Ollie and Garrity all putting pressure on the back. Yeah. Looked a bit better. Tom, did you give him a mark? Yeah, you did six, didn't you? Tom? Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. Again, um, the one thing I will say with Ollie, and, and uh, I hate to keep going back to it because it feels like I'm digging out and I'm not. I'm just merely pointing out things that I've seen. Um, sorry, yeah, best turn that camera away while you're having a piss with you. Uh, yeah, so if, if you've noticed, him and Funzo are pretty crucial in how we play out from the back. So they drop in, don't they? And they create that triangle and they get it out to the other side, whichever way. Sometimes it's a little give it back and we go back around. Sometimes it's a straight into Ollie and he plays it straight to the other side. Um, he is not, but, but, but then we don't involve him in anything going forward. There's no triangles going forward. You know, there's no, can we play into Ooch or, or Lofty from Mitch Clark, who then, you know, lay it back to Ollie, who then, you know, can we dictate play that way? We don't, we seem to have him involved hugely defensively, but not going forward, and it doesn't make any sense. Midfielders, they need to be involved in both for me. Yeah, that's fair. And you just mentioned him, Tom. Moving on, Mitch looks like a bad injury for him as well, unfortunately. Another eight week. Yeah, um, from where I was sitting, and I think maybe the best person uh, to have a view of this would have been Steve in the Lawn Street. Um, but it looked to me like he'd gone, he's gone into the tackle with his wrong leg. He's kind of gone where, where he should have gone with his left foot. He's gone in with his right foot, and it looks like maybe the lad's cla- clattered the back of his knee, um, which... They can be really nasty, bloody injuries. Um, so, you know, thought like thought to admit he's not dead, like, but you know, it, they can be nasty long-term injuries. They so speedy recovery. Um, but yeah, found a lot of space first off. Didn't really utilise it great. That's fair. Um, but we we touched on earlier. We don't know. You know, he didn't go down the outside of his man once. Was that because he knew he was 
his man. I mean, there, there can't be many, many people really quicker than Mitch Clark when he gets going. He's pretty, he's pretty rapid when he gets going, Mitch. Um, so I just would have liked to see him go at him a little bit more. But again, we don't know whether, it, like Johnny said, with the brakes on, um, because it almost looked second off that we took him off. Um, so yeah, I, I feel for him if it isn't him um, because I think he got himself in the position brilliantly a few times it it looked like it potentially could have been his decision to get in them positions because we weren't switched on to it for a long time that he was in that much space um, but yeah six for Mitch for me yeah and he has had a frustrating time when he's returned to Vale so far I think because of knocks etc so fingers crossed it isn't as bad as it looks and he can get back quick and just quickly on about knee injuries out the lads the ball boy in front of the paddock who slipped on the grass and his knee seemed to go one way and he's like the other hope he's all right he grabbed out by the St John ambulance people so all the best to the ball boy if you're listening or anyone that knows him pass on the best from the pod Johnny Mitch Clark yeah it was one of them with Mitch one it finally gets his chance back in and gets himself injured it's it's frustrating we, we it seems to be falling like flies at the minute and I just I don't know what the answer is in that sense but him personally decent performance got himself in the space as well linked up where he could with Funzo and all of Laster and to get forward and was was at times in them positions because he likes to get himself in that centre forward position when when we're attacking at times to try and just be an extra body and and like he, he, he was trying that but he just just what well, didn't come off did it and then see him get injured it what no one wants to see that so speed speedy recovery Mitch but six fair um, yeah we, we kind of we kind of move on because offensively this, this is where the problem is isn't it, it and I, I don't I, I don't see I can't remember too much offensively what, what what he did and that's not because he wasn't offering like Tom said he he was offering quite a few times it's more because we just don't use it and then when we do it, it was asking him cut back all the time whether that's a natural decision or whether that's tactical, I don't know, but it's just it's frustrating to watch at the minute. Yeah, very frustrating watch. Um, moving on, Johnny, one of the men behind the front band was Ethan Chislett. Five for Chizzy. I thought he was largely ineffective, but he was he, he was he was wanting the ball still. He was he was asking for it and. He was trying, which is which is one thing you say. I think Crosby mentioned in his interview that he pushed him up front after twenty minutes. I don't, I don't know if that's that's Ethan Chislett's position. If I'm honest with you, um, but yeah, it was just again. There's nothing. There's nothing really jumps out. And you think, oh, he did that really well. There was the across the box where he ends up going down and. We didn't get a free kick for it, and it, is that because of reputation of Chislett? He's got 
four-yard cards, three-yard cards, diving into the season. So is that reputation for him or was it just not a foul? Um, it's one it's one of them decisions that are, it's in the seen and given category. Um, but yeah, that's the, literally the only thing about Chiesels I can remember. Yeah. Tom? Yeah, bit, bit the same. Um, seems to be a couple of nice touches and then we seem to be missing that creative spark a little bit. Everyone seems to be wanting to do the easy ball. Um, whereas, you know, start of the season, it seemed to be a bit more, you know, we've got a willingness to, I'm going to I'm gonna make it look like I'm going over there, but actually I'm just going to send it back through your legs and then I've got a shot, shooting opportunity. There's no one willing to take that risk at the minute. Um, and I think Johnny, I think Johnny hit the nail on the head. I think that is confidence, because um, that's not really a tactical. I don't think that's really a tactical thing. Yeah. Um, I was say, if if the tactic is don't shoot, then that's we're, that's, we're that's, fucked. Yeah, um, that's a really bad tactical. Decision. No, like, no, I mean like more of the if you're yeah. in the middle of the goal, get it wide, and we build it back round again. Um, but yeah, we just we need a bit more from him at the minute. It there's a lot of I think in that number ten with the two lads at the minute, there's a lot of running, but not a lot of product. Yeah. Um and unfortunately when we play in the formation we're playing, that is where we need that's where I think we're gonna need the uh, the goals to come from. Uh and the creativity. That's fair. And you've talked about that number 10 position next to him was Ben Garrity. Again, it seems to be a bit of a bit of a Ben game from the last couple of weeks. Um, again, all the arriving late seems to have gone out of him. There was a couple of really nice turns from him on the like little half turns, little flicks around. And he got away, but then does then almost Ben's how Ben looks and how Ben plays is then in other people's hands. Um, if he spun his man and he's running towards their back four, if your two strikers stand still and don't do anything, what's Ben supposed to do? If Ben has a shot and blazes it over, that's on Ben. If there's no movement. That's got to be on somebody else, but it's a bit of a, a bit of a difficult one. But yeah, um, there's too many out of form players currently for me to keep calling for drop them and bring somebody else in. Um, I just think a bit of a refresh. That's why I maybe suggested that Ben dropped a bit further back and Ollie went forward. Um, whether that, you know, that would certainly add a bit the, the combative edge to the middle with. Ben and Funzo, um, not saying Ollie hasn't, um, but it would also free up Ollie maybe to get on the ball. Who's maybe a little, well, he's technically a better player. We know that, but um, maybe give him a little bit more freedom and free us up a little bit. Yeah, Johnny. He was fucking garbage yesterday. <laughs> he was fucking garbage. You do no good when you any of this. Yeah, Goodwin agreed. He he was really upset. Goodwin was yesterday because 
when we, when we made, do you know when we made the substitution and Chislett went off? Yeah. I turned to Goodwin then and went, it's fucking criminal that Ben Garrity stayed on that pitch. And he looked really sad and like just nodded his head at me as if to say, I know. Do you know, like, it, it, it was like that dejected parent of, I, I know my kid's been a little twatty here and I've got to admit that he has, but I don't really want to. And I said, one of two things is going to happen here. Ben's either going to turn up and score two and I'm going to be like looking really stupid after saying it to him, or we're not going to notice him for the rest of the game. And unfortunately, we didn't notice him for the rest of the game. He's just, he's just out of form. And I think because he's not the best footballer, when Ben's out of form, it can be honking. And it was yesterday. I just, the, the highlights, obviously, the run for the penalty, non penalty, was, was good. It showed that he's got. 10 yards of pace. There was one where he went down the wing, did really well, and then was just waiting for people to help him and no one turned up. And and after that, he just disappeared. And it's just... You get the work rate, you get the effort with him, but second half, when we changed formation, tell me one thing, Ben Garrity did, because I honestly, I saw him five minutes before the end and was like, shit, he's still on the pitch, and I forgot about that. And that that's not normal for Garrity. Like you don't normally have that sort of feeling around him, and I just it's just frustrating. It's really frustrating, and I think like unfortunately we haven't got the squad to make eight eight changes, or else I'd be considering it on Saturday. Um, but yeah, Garrity, you just you, you could chalk it up as a bad day at the office because he doesn't have many of them. For me, then bad games. I know Tom, what you said that like he hasn't been effective as Ben Garrity recently, but two of them games where he hasn't been effective, unfortunately, he's been penciled in up front when he's not a striker. So I kind of give him a bit of benefit of the doubt there. But yeah, I just thought it, from attacking midfielder because that's what he's playing as. It, it was just it was terrible, and how he lasted the ninety minutes was beyond me. I, I would have relied on Chislett on one leg um, to create something in that game before Ben Garrity did. Um, but it's, so yeah, <laughs> you, you know I love Ben. You know, you know I think he think he, he's a real asset to the team. So it's not like I want to dig him out and call him a twat sort of thing. Um, but it just that performance for me just wasn't it wasn't good enough at all. And it's one of the issues that we had was that them two behind whoever the striker was wasn't good enough yesterday. And then the strikers themselves didn't cover themselves in glory either of them. So, yeah, for me, Ben, it's a four. It was bad. But if he starts on Saturday, I've got no concerns about it. Because, like I say, we've we've seen more good games than bad from Ben. So, um it's unfortunate that Ben's bad games usually coincide with the rest of the squad having a shitter, so it's a bit more obvious, I think. Yeah, and maybe that tells you the importance to the side when he has a bad and the rest too. And as you say, the positive is he got on the end of that one to that should have won as a penalty. Doesn't mean we discord it, but yeah, I'm with you both. It wasn't his best game in the Vale sheet by any stretch of the imagination. And moving on, Johnny, starting up front for the first forty five was Ryan Loft. 
I want somebody to explain this hatred towards Loft to me. Great with you, because I thought he actually had a decent off. Yeah, there's a lot of fans that, like, and I get, I, I get what the sort of issue is in terms of we all want somebody that we look at and go, he's going he's gonna to score goals. And people look at Loft's career and go, well, he's not going to score as any goals. And I get, so I get that bit of it. But from what we've seen of Loft in two 45-minute performances at the minute and the game again in the trophy, I can't remember, was it through? Yes. He got, he's got an assist so far. He's, he, he, he created one yesterday. He should have scored I think, one. I think he's got a pre-assist. Oh, was it an assist before an assist, was it? Yes, he brought the ball down, laid it out wide for the cross that led to the goal. Fair, fair enough. But like, that's the job you want him to do, isn't it? Let's be fair. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, that, that's, where, that's, what, that's what we're asking him to do. But, and then, against Steven, he just should have scored. Um, there's minimum he should be hitting the target, but I think he should have scored. And then yesterday, that that left-footed cross come shot where he hits the corner of the bycars. That's that was terrible. Mm. But his head of bat for Massey was was real good target man play. Um, I was surprised not to see him come out for the second half because he didn't look as knackered as he did on Saturday. Um, but yeah, I just don't get the, I don't get the hatred towards him. And like, like we said, we we've had this and we've had this in the WhatsApp group as well because Stu doesn't like him, and he put his point across. But I just don't. There's there's nothing yet that anybody that I've seen anyone say that makes me understand it. Do you know, like with some players, you can look at it and go, it's it's his running style or. He's, he is actually shit or like he doesn't care or whatever there's stuff like that you can label at some players I, I, I don't see what it, what it is with Loft no, and I'm I, not saying I, and I think people are comparing Emanuch at the moment and actually they're very very different players they're both big and that's where the similarities stop Loft's a much better footballer than Nooch Loft yeah. can get the ball down play the ball he can look after the ball Ooch is let's cause chaos and he does it really well and you're not going to get that from Loft. But Loft is actually a very clever footballer. And what we need to start doing is getting balls into him in the box and let him use his physical presence. And we did once the snap, the one at the back post where he got two weeks and maybe could have better than the one where he's headed down for mass and he's done better. And then each you've got roll the ball into feet and let him just bounce defenders off him. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. And I know that, like, I'm not overly excited by either of the two strikers that were signed. Do you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not sitting here going, one of these will tear it up. Like I know that me and Tom have had a little bet on the Ooch thing, but that's just because like how how downbeat Tom was about it. I thought to make it make his season more enjoyable when it starts banging him in. Um, Absolute fucking printing money. Well it, the statue will be pleased with you. No. I think the one thing you've just said about, um, I don't think it's hatred for Ryan Loft. I think it's uh, people still a bit like, mm, we could have maybe gone and got better. Um, I understand, they've, uh, and this, this is applicable for both him and Ooch. I understand what their job role is in our side and to bring players in 
um, into play, especially with us playing two lads behind. Um, my point is, and we've just gone through the side, and we've just said, fucking hell, Ben Garrett, he's out of form. Um, Ethan Chislett's out of form. When that happens, you need to have a striker capable of scoring a goal. And currently, neither of them look like they're capable of scoring a goal. That isn't... Your furthest man forward cannot be not capable of scoring a goal. Um, and I think that is that is that's just such a frustrating thing because we're, we're all sitting there saying, ah, shit, yeah, Ben's out of form, Chizzy's out of form, Ollie's not re- really played very well last night. Um, and, and all of a sudden, we're talking about the person who's had the most shots is our fucking defensive midfielder because we, we, we're sitting there, we've got two strikers whose job, yes, all right, is to be target man, is to be big, but they still need to be, still need to be able to, you know, they still need to have that movement in the box that when Sangi can get the ball or when uh, the ball's rolled back to Jason Lowe, the, the ball's whipped in and there's some sort of movement in there. There is no movement whatsoever. I haven't seen a single one of them win a header in the box yet. I haven't seen for Massey last night. Yeah, no, I mean towards goal. Have a you be a striker, be greedy, go at goal. Because currently neither of them look like they're going to score goals. And I, you know, I'd, I'd fucking I'd be, as it stands right now, I'd happily throw Ryan Loft into that bet with you and say between the two of them they won't get ten goals, let alone bloody Ooch on his own. I'm we taking just, that. That's fine. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Because they they don't. They don't look like they're going to do it. I reckon. They, I reckon we'd be lucky to get four four out of piece out of either of them, because the majority yeah. of goals are going to have to come from our our tens or our wide. Well, uh, they're not going to come from our wide men because they're not far enough up the pitch. Um, if we don't get ten goals between the two of them, I would seriously be looking over my shoulder at the bottom four. Well, yeah, you've got two, and you or you or you've got someone coming. You know, do you does. Does the Willow injury then say right? We've got to scrape till we've got to scrape till January with these two lads, and then all of a sudden we're going to bring in, we're going to spend. Some, we've got if they if, if neither of them have scored, or or they've got one goal apiece by fucking January the first. What are you, you've got to be going upstairs and going to Carol and saying, come on, we need to we need to bang some money behind this striker position here because we haven't. And if we've banged a lot of money behind Dutrick Pizu, then someone wants a rocket square up their ass. Um, if that was the answer to our goal-scoring problems. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I understand that they're not fit yet. Not fit doesn't include natural striking instinct. It doesn't include shooting ability. doesn't include football ability. Uh, yeah. I think we'll get 10 goals between them by the end of the season. I really do. But I don't know if I've mentioned Tom, we've gone seven and a half hours without scoring a goal. <laughs> but that's... Yeah, quick, go on. Sorry, Johnny. Quickly, um, with Lofty, like, I, I think last night it was a sixth performance for the 45. I think, like I say, I, I still don't get why the, there's a lot of social media posts. And I also, what, what, what I like people to do is list me these 20 goal season strikers that are available and out there because it's it's all right saying we need to go and get one but who and that's that's my thing it's like who who is this 
guaranteed 20 goal season striker that Exeter have signed, for example, or that Fleetwood have signed because Jack Marriott's not banging him in at Fleetwood and they wanted 500 grand for him from Oxford in the summer. Like, if I'm paying 500 grand at League One for a striker, I don't guarantee goals. And that's that's the bit where I'm struggling at the minute. And, I, and I'm not saying that I'm happy with each and Loft. We do need we, we do need goals. We do need a striker that you look at and go, he's got a goal in him here. But I just, I just I, I'm struggling with this comment that I'm seeing all the time of we need a 20 goal a season man. So does everyone. Like to counterattack that end. Yeah. Could we get you know we're more than capable of going to get someone who is you know quite renowned for scoring ten a season. Yeah. You know you you know you're gonna get ten. You might you know you get good players around him. You might get fifteen twenty. Yeah. But all of a sudden we've gone for people who are getting threes and fours and hoping they get ten. Yeah. We're almost at the, we're in the relegation of the strikers, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. We're signing relegation strikers and going, we hope they get just enough to keep us above that relegation zone. Whereas where we should be shopping is mid-table and saying, if they have a belting season, we can get we can get a playoff, a top six striker out of that. You know, who yep. gets who gets 18, 19 goals. There's always six or seven a season from bang average League One clubs who get 18, 19, 20 goals. They're there. They just you don't we're not gonna go after someone who scored twenty goals for six years consecutively. We don't you know, they they're not the thingy, but we need someone who's consistently scoring ten. someone who's got striking instinct. Well you, so you so you say this, right? Just based on last season's top goal scorers, right? Connor Grant was the top goal scorer last year with 26, yeah? Yeah. Obviously, gone up to Ipswich, he's, he's out of the league. Jonathan Clark Harris got 26. Yeah. Dave McGoldrick got 22. Bishop got 20. May got 20. Matt Smith from Chef Wednesday got 17. Ladapo, 17. Aaron Collins, 16. Dion Charles, 16. Raksaki, 15. Nombe, 15, Adebejo, 14, Wrighton Hardy, 13, Sam Smith, 13, Giovanni Brown, 12, Niall Ennis, 12, James Norwood, 12, the, that Leyburn that was at Charlton, he got 12. And like, so it's like you're, you're looking down the list and there's no one that jumps out because after your 12s, Ali's got 11 in the league and we're back at. Well, what was that? Was that a real bad decision? Like, I get that from a personal point of view, it seems like he didn't want to be here. So, no, it's not a bad decision. But you've then got to replace that, and we haven't at all. But, we yeah, haven't replaced that. It. We so, haven't replaced anything about that. No, and that my thing is stop asking for a twenty-goal season striker, and let's just get. Like you just said, someone that consistently gets eight or nine in a season so that you can then look at going, right, how do we turn that eight or nine into 12 or 13 this season and then 13 to 15 next season? Because it's possible. 
Like, I think I think you've got to be looking at you've got to be looking at someone who gets ten. You've got to be looking at someone who's getting ten, especially if they're leading your line. They've got to be scoring ten goals a season for me. So well, okay, so if if scoring ten, you're looking at last season that Coburn that's stayed at Middlesbrough got ten last season. Then Lee Gregory got ten. James Weir. Yeah, but. He's still at Chef Wednesday. So, yeah, yeah, but what, yeah, but the, the, what I'm saying is that there's players out there who are getting 10 who are nat- natural strikers who've played in this division. And I would argue with you that last season's division was a fucking damn side harder than this one. Yeah, I think it was, but you still, you, you still saw players that were scoring 15, 20 goals. And I dare say, get him on the pitch, and Josh Thomas will get you ten goals a season, but he won't from the bench. Based on yesterday's performance, he won't. Yeah, yeah. For me, Josh is um, Josh. seems to have lost a lot, a little bit of a, a a willingness to gamble at the minute. He's got a bit of frustration as well because we don't seem to want to play to his pace. I think he had a bit of a paddy at Conor Ripley at one point because. He didn't release the ball quick enough. When they're they're two they were two on two, and their centre halves were on the halfway line, and we didn't release Josh in behind. Um, so, I think we, if we're playing one up front, Josh might be a little bit too small, physically for me. Um, I think we need someone who's almost, you know, in the six foot six one mould, but has got a little. There's plenty of players who've got a little bit more about them, who've got, you know, an average of, uh, you know, 10 goals a season. Plenty. Yeah, but Johnny, you're right. We do need goals. We've gone seven and a half hours in the league without a goal. So what are your marks for Uch and Loft? Yeah, I think both both, both get a six. I think they were, they were involved with stuff that they both, they both did different things than each other. And, and like you said, they are different players. I I still like seeing both start together. I think it'd be fucking mayhem, and it'd be it'd either be beautiful chaos or just like complete and utter like mayhem. But like, yeah, it's just we we we've got to figure out what their strengths are and how we're going to play to them. And I don't think you can do that by going forty-five minutes each. I don't. No. I think there's that cohesion there that you can go, oh, actually, Loft's doing this well. Oh, shit, now Ooch is on. I've got, we've got to change everything. Decision-making changes. It's just, it's, it's all a bit frustrating for me. Yep, it's all very frustrating. And talking about frustrating, let's move on to Saturday and Cheltenham. But before we do, just a shout-out. We had a message from Emily Goldstraw. Um, just wondering if you can give a sh- my husband a shout out, please. He's a massive fan of the pod. All I hear at 6am is Bez's voice and the theme song's permanently engraved into my brain. We recently got married on the 20th of October. Congratulations on the marriage. And he was gutted well, when I didn't ask you to give a shout out. Yeah, we didn't get an invite, did we, Johnny? Yeah, we didn't get an invite. So stop that shout out right now. Right, stop him, but his name's Tom. Tom yeah. Goldstraw, congratulations on your wedding. And, you know, we won't take it personally, he didn't invite us. Yeah, ne- ne- but we next do time. love a wedding. Yeah. We ne- ne- next time, Tom, invite us. Yeah. Next Tom time. Loves- <laughs> Tom loves his snack. 
I was on. Uh, I was on about. I was on about the ten-year renewing of. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. The renewing of the vows. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you were. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Johnny, Supervale at home on Saturday. Not so Supervale, Cheltenham. What we're doing? Um, I'm gonna hand over to Tom for a second because I, I know he's got something bubbling. So we'll we'll let. Get, get this out, get get this out out of, out of your bones, and then we'll talk about the actual football. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's a lot kind of going around. It's probably particularly on Twitter. It's it's doing me polling a little bit. This this my gaffer fucking bollocks shit with Clark. Yeah, all right. How anyone can sit and say it wasn't the right decision? is so beyond me it's unreal you know people are saying yeah well yeah all right crosby might not be the answer but daryl clark certainly wasn't at the time either um we're currently i think two points out of 21 under under crosby um and i think the moment daryl clark got the chop we were nine points from a potential 63 yeah, and people get people getting twitchy over to you. Know, people are people are people are starting to forget that. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we had a great time under Clark. He was a likable fella. We went through a lot together as a as a fan base, as a club, with a manager. But let's not make it any more than it is. He went downhill managerially wise last season to the point where we couldn't possibly keep him as manager. Nobody in the history of the games kept the job after a run like that, surely. It's, it's, it's beggar's belief, and, and it's just all we're doing by bigging him up. Yeah, all right, fair play. Give him a clap, Sandy. Smash him. Give him a clap. He got his promotion. Fantastic. Thank you. But so did Andy Crosby. He was a massive part in that promotion as well. So let's not go singing Daryl Clark's name. Over, you know, at the end of the game, all right, give him a little clap and stuff. And, you know, sing his name if you want at the end of the game when we've beaten them. Don't fucking sing it before the match and feed into their hands and make him feel massive and like he can do everything he can. We're there to beat them on Saturday. So, you know, let's get behind Crosby on Saturday and not the opposite number. And I think think the club have alluded once or twice at the stuff that fans don't know about that went on behind the scenes that meant that Clark's position become untenable. We don't know what that is. We're not going to speculate, but the club have alluded to it once or twice. So we don't always know everything as fans and the form of nine points out of 61, was it, Tom? You said, no, can't be 61, 60, 63. 63. 63. Nine points out of 63 speaks for itself. Yes, he got us promoted. I agree with Tom. If he comes out the tunnel, give him a clap. At the end of the game, give him a clap. For 90 minutes with Port Vale, without beat Cheltenham, it's a massive game for us. Yeah, it is, and that that's it. We we we've got we we've got to focus on we've got to focus on us, haven't we? We've got to focus on what we're doing. We've got to focus on the fact that we're Port Vale happy before the game, give him a little clap and a bit of a a wave and stuff like that. Happy, like Tom said, after the game, give him a clap and a little wave, but. For 90 minutes, you've got to forget who he is. Like, you've literally just got to forget who he is. Like, and, and that's the big thing. 
And we've got to do that because we need this win. More than anything, we need this. We need these three points. And I know we spoke about the fact that we're close to the playoffs and we are the relegation places at the moment. We know that it's early on in the season, so there's there's enough time for any ship to be turned around. But you have to stop the rot. You have to. And no better time now. These are in. Like ultimately, these the, the, these have had a little manager bounce and then got battered last night. So they got battered. They lost three two, didn't they? But it was went went three one down at some one point now. Were they playing Blackpool last night? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they lost three two. Yeah, they were three 0 down though. Yeah, but they've come back with two late goals. Well, two goals. One in, first, one in the first half and one in the 86 minutes. Yeah, well, yeah, but, <laughs> two late goals. Three. There's only 45 minutes left. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know when the goal scored. With Johnny saying it was three 0 and it was three 0 but they've come from three 0 down to make it three two and make a game of it. That's I remember us doing that under Clark. Funnily enough, wanted to at Cheltenham. Yeah, probably. Uh, no, uh, it was Cambridge. Cambridge, that was it. Ah, uh, Cambridge. I'm just looking at their stats from last night. They had 46% possession. Nine shots to Blackpool's fifteen, three on target to Blackpool's six. So, I think there's a, I think there's a, a crucial thing of Clark knows us. Clark knows our fan base. He will also know what he's got to do, what his players have got to do for that place to turn toxic on Saturday. The moment our place, our fans turn on the team, we fucked. We've lost that game. So we need to make sure we don't. We don't give them a reason to be able to do that. We need these points more than them. Yeah. Well, they'd argue against it. They're on five points. Yeah, no, but as far as I'm concerned, we need them more than them. Oh, yeah. We need them more than anyone. We're desperate for them. Because I'll be honest, I think come 90 minutes on Saturday or 100 minutes, whatever it is, if we haven't won that game, Bale Park's either empty or there's a lot of angry fans in Bale Park. Yeah. The will, but what we need to not do is if we aren't fucking tuning up within the first two minutes, not start getting on the backs and you know let's go a bit, let's get behind them, like to have the Hamill going properly, you know. Well, controversial opinion. I think the atmosphere's got worse since we've moved to the Hamill. Maybe that's because I'm sat in the paddock, but it just doesn't seem the same. I'm with you. I I I don't. I don't feel like the Hamels bouncing like it was aimed to be, but I also think that there's there's I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done still in that area. I think mm. the decision to have that as the family stand as well is probably a wrong one. And I get the idea behind it; it's a big enough stand. Can can you do both? But like I just think that there's there need there needs to be a bit more done and a bit more spoken about the atmosphere as a whole at the minute. Um, but yeah, Tom, you, you, you spot on with what you've said about we need to get behind and back. And, and it's going to think we're going to be very reactive to the starting 11. And I know that people have been a lot recently when they see the starting 11, there's been a lot of reaction towards it, but we kind of got to take that reaction in the pub with your mates or whatever, and then in the ground take take the fresh approach and let's see what happens. It's Tom, you you're right in terms of he'll know how to make that place toxic. 
the first thing he'll need to do is his keeper go down, pretending he's pulled his hamstring or something, and I think that'll tip people over the edge. It's it, it, it's as simple as that at the minute. It's that it's that time wasting element, and that remember when Accrington come the other year and they were doing everything possible, taking nil nil, and how bad the atmosphere was then towards everyone. It's that sort of thing, mate. But yeah, I, I just something's got to give at the minute, and we it's either going to clip back in place because let's let's not let, let let's not beat around the bush. Seven and a half hours of football ago, we were a decent side. Like we were all talking about the possibilities. We all knew about the fact that we weren't scoring enough goals, but. We were all talking about the possibilities, weren't we? And we were all talking about what may be and how you strengthen in January to push that to where you want to go. So we are, we, we're not we don't become a bad side overnight. It, it's get it's, it's remembering and getting back into that stride again. And there's no better time than another own game. I don't care who's against. Luckily, it's against Cheltenham, but like. Like, like you said, it could be against anyone. You've, you've, you've got to now take this take this attitude of we need these points more than anybody in the league does. And then, well, what hasn't happened in the last seven and a half hours, Johnny, to football? What's up? Sorry, sorry, I, I didn't hear them. What hasn't happened in the last seven and a half hours of football? Well, apart from scoring a goal, we haven't scored a goal with seven and a half hours. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, but yeah, someone had mentioned it. Yeah. It's a fucking long time, that isn't it? It is. I think three days work for you, that Tom. <laughs> it's a week, that. <laughs> That's if I'm working every day. <laughs> You've given you give five days work there. Yeah, if anything, I've done half an hour over me a lot. <laughs> Are you giving him the half an hour? We're giving him the half an hour in the office every morning for his cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. So right. To an hour, that is. Now it's gone cold. I don't want to go back outside again. <laughs> Yeah, Cheltenham's a huge game, but we're doing this to ourselves. I think we spoke about this last year when we were in that in the torrid run. We're doing it to ourselves now. We're we're turning games that at this point of the season shouldn't be huge games into huge games because of it, and we're putting more and more pressure on ourselves. So yeah, massive game for me. This has got to be the game now that turns the season around. It's got to be. You, by saying that, if we don't win, are you saying you're in Crosby out camp? If we don't win, I'm in there's question marks over his head camp. I'm not necessarily calling for him out yet, but there's big question marks. Just with you saying that it's, it's got to be the one that turns the season around, and if it, do, if it doesn't, then what does that mean? It means that he's got pre- big pressure on his head, and it means that we've probably gone nine hours without a goal. Weirdly, and as well, I think if you didn't have the, the the goal aspect of it as well, and if all of a sudden, say we went on and we won the next four league games, and then we lost the next four after that, do we all of a sudden just become a dead bang average mid table side then? Because you know we went, was it nine games unbeaten after the Barnsley one, and, and you know now what? we've I gone, think... now we've gone, what is it, seven on the bounce without a win? Yeah. And so then if we went four and four and... Can we tell you something? I love that stat because that stat crosses over massively, doesn't it? Because of what you've just said. Because it was 
nine unbeaten, but five, was it five without a win, whatever it was. So them, t- them two, them, them two stats cross over, don't they? Because some uh, of them, the, the last couple of draws we had. No, because I think the start of this run started with Burton three two. Did it? Sure yeah, we drawn at Cambridge. Drawn at Stevenage in that time. Or did he? And the only other draw would have been somewhere at the start. Oh, the 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 the, the, the draw was somewhere in between. Northampton was the last one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which was which September was 2000. Feast. Yeah. It was just after the first international break. That's how it feels anyway. <laughs> so, Northampton was going the wrong way there. Northampton is the 16th of September. So since then, we've lost 3-2 to Burton. Drew one all at Cambridge, and I'm only going through league games here. Lost 1-0 to Bolton. Lost 3-0 to Bristol Rovers. Lost 2-0 to Portsmouth. Drew 0-0 with Stephen, who's lost 1-0 to Peterborough. So yeah, the Burton game was the start of this run. Hopefully it's the end of the run. Well, let's hope Cheltenham's the end of the run. Well, yeah, but... Or Mansfield. Well, you're not counting cup games and they've won a cup game in, in Yeah, yeah, we have. I'm not counting the cup games. In there, the cup games we've drew one all with Newcastle under twenty ones. Yeah. And we've beat Sutton two one. Yeah, with so but yeah. Like Tom said, it, it, right at the beginning of the pod, um we we're, we're talking the next game. Bezan, like you said, it's the biggest game of the three now because it's the next one. So Massive. What? Not necessarily what will Crosby do because I, I can't see him deviating too far away from what we've done. But what would you do in this game if it was up to you, Bez? I'd fuck shit up. Go eight up. <laughs> fuck shit up. Let's go at him. So I'm going. <laughs> Ripley and goal. Back three. Smudge that. <laughs> I go smudger in the middle. With Jess one side and Low the other. And then going, Plant is going to have to play left wing back. Don't think he's his best position, but I've got no one else available there. Um, Tom Sang's in at right wing back. And then playing Ojo and Arblaster in front of him. And then playing Divine behind a front two, starting of Lofton Thomas. I'm going 5 3 2. I'm changing formation. I'm putting two up front. I want this game dead and buried by half time if possible. And then we can go back to four in midfield, second half when we're in front by two or three goals. Okay. So Chizzy so, and Ben both lose the place, I'm afraid. Okay. Tom? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the same five almost across the back and the wing backs. Uh, then I'd go Ojo and Ben. Arblaster and Divine behind Josh. Let's just see if we can uh, kind of put a little triangle with them three together and see what they can get from it. Uh, Sometimes I think they're a little bit far apart, the three of them. So maybe putting them in like that um, would would be beneficial. So that was what I'd go with. And then almost, you can almost 
throw one of the other lads on if if it isn't working or you can change it around you've got the you've got the room to change it around if we aren't getting on the board you can swap ben and ollie back and um yeah so just a couple of changes but a couple of tweaks as well fair enough what would you go i really fucked it up oh christ like like i thought bez was going to go something thingy but then played Played exactly the same formation as pretty much play. No, um, did. I've gone two up top. Yeah, but we we played that for seventy minutes apparently yesterday. So apparently, like you say, because I didn't realise Chislett had gone up front till Crosby said. Uh, well, I realised we'd gone two up top when Thomas and Ooch come on. Yeah, obviously. But, but yeah, so, no, I'm going five three two. That's mine. So 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 for me, I'm I'm into I'm into destroying careers and confidence. Um, oh, well, yeah. So Ripley, Ripley being goal. Um, Jason Lowe would go right back. Jesse and Smith would go centre halves. Shora could come in at left back. Um, well, we're told he's Malbenning's successor. He's gonna have, gonna have to see. We plant's not plant's not done the business there, and he's not a, for me. He's not a wing back. I'd change the formation for this. Um, and then I'd go a midfield four of Funzo holding, R Blaster Divine and Chislett as, as four in the middle. And then I'd put Ooch and Loft up front. And four, four fucking tip. Well, it, technically, it's four, centers, four centers, central midfielders, though. And just, just go for it because. This three isn't working. It's we haven't got three centre halves and two wing backs. I think it's very harsh on Sang because I'd probably try and find a place for him in midfield. He might even get Chislett's position and Divine get pushed to like the tip of the diamond. It's it's one of them. It's I just, I just feel like we've we've got to we've got to do something. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, isn't it? So I think we've got to do something. And looking at it, you you try and get the most round pegs on the pitch as you can. Jason Lowe's played two hundred games at right back, so it's not it's not it's not alien to him. Shorrock, on the other hand, hasn't, but. How are you ever going to know if he's good enough if he don't if, if he doesn't pull on the shirt in the league game? It could be a clusterfuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? After 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 ten minutes, it could be disgusting. And then you take him off to protect him, and maybe maybe that does him more damage. But a good manager takes him off, says, "Look, not working. That's that's my fault." Puts his arm around him and says, "Look, you're gonna get you're gonna get other chances." And then he's he's in he's he's in a game in a couple of time couple of weeks time against Wrexham. So that's that's for me. I think I think we've got to make a change and use what we've got. And instead of just looking and going, oh well, actually maybe we could do this, this, and this. Use what we've got and like try get as many people in natural positions as possible. I think Ojo Arblaster, Sang and Divine have settled on actually. Sorry, Cheers, you're back on the bench. But that four, I think, would really work for us. My only concern with that is, is it's a bit narrow for a pitch as big as Vale Park. Well, they 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 
they can get as what them four can be as can get as wide or as narrow as they want. Like, not I'm not asking them all to stay within ten yards of each other. Like, Dubai and Ollie Sang should all be getting touch touch. Should be getting out wide. Should be dropping in. It'll be a three in midfield at times. It'll be a it'll be a four in midfield. It it could go to a flat four with Divine left midfield and Sang right midfield. It at times there's there's options for it to be fluid and flexible, and that's that to me is just I like the three three six one. I really do. I think it's a good formation for us, but for it to work. We've got to have wing back fit, and we haven't. I like two up top, as I've said many times. The three six one is very pretty between the box and gives you the men to do that. I'm not sure we're going to score enough goals playing it, but yeah, first time ever. I think we've got three different formations as our lineup. We've got Tom with the three six one. We've got me with the three five two, and we've got Johnny with his four four two with the diamond midfield. Yeah, so go on, let's go. AVtimings.com, first goal scorer. AVtimings.com, get yourself over there. You've still got a day or two to get yourselves entered to the Maidley Hall for the competition. You can enter anytime, but get entered tonight as you listen to this. If you listen on Thursday, do it tonight. Put PBFC in the discount code, and you could get tickets in the Robbie Williams sweep for next Saturday's match. So if that's not an incentive, don't worry. Time of the first goal scores is not going to be fucking one, is they? They just scored less than us. Nil nil. Boo. <laughs> Tom, no, I'm I'm not that, really. Is that your Halloween that. one, is it? Yeah. Wee. I'm not really game for that. <laughs> I'm going. Ryan <laughs> Loft. Boo. Ryan <laughs> Loft. Get off the mark after eight minutes. Quick start. Let's fucking steamroll them. Have the game won by half time. And then we can get six in midfield and shut it up. If Loft can only do 45, you can then leave Thomas on his own up front or bring Uchon on his own up front and get your six across the midfield and close the game out. 2-0 Vale. Loft first goal scored eight minutes. Fair enough, Tom. 79, Tom Sang, 1-0. 79 minutes, Tom Sang. Yeah, it's just going to be an absolute fucking shit game. And then he's just going to, we're going to over it a corner and everyone's going to go mad. He's going to try and edit back across goal and somehow edit in. Actually, sorry, sorry you've, you've now just reminded me of a rage about it. Oh, hold on, actually. Tom Sang takes the corners. Uh, over it, cross. We'll go with not a corner. Yeah. Well, what are you talking about corners? Can we fuck these outswingers off? Yeah, I don't know where it is. Well, wait a minute. Last night, it took us till the last 10 minutes on a corner to actually put it in the box. Every yeah, other corner, we just went short, played the edge of your box, and then kicked fuck out of it. Yeah, the, the <laughs> short corner can bollocks as well. But it's just, just in swing, guys, in the mixer. We oh. don't score, Ed, so do we? Because we don't put it in the box. We don't, oh, yeah, so don't put it in the box in the air, you don't score, do you? Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, I would agree. But yeah, Tom Sang, he's going to try and nod it back across and it's going at the corner of his head and go in. Why has he got a square head? Toblerone. Johnny. Um, um, Will Goodwin. Oh, don't. 
25 minutes, 1-0 Cheltenham. Fuck off. If we do, Jeez. I'm not doing the pod Saturday night. Well, if we do, I'm getting blind drunk. <laughs> if we lose Saturday, I'm not doing the pod. That's a good <laughs> warning for everyone. On, on, there's just... The fact that it's Clark, the fact that, like, Tom's touched on is the fact, and stuff like that, I just... We're just so devoid of confidence at the minute. It's it's untrue. And if, if we lose Saturday, I'm not doing the pod unless an announcement comes out the club at six o'clock that we're having a new manager. Well, you are you are doing the pod regardless of if we're not if regardless. <laughs> of the You're contractually obliged. Yeah. yeah. By the people by the people of the Port Vale world. Yeah. I did not they, sign they, no contract. They will I want. Don't believe they, they will want to hear your dog hits. If we well, lose I, on Saturday, I'm getting in that car and I'm going down the motorway, going meow, and going as far away as possible. Well, <laughs> it's horrible well, again to tell you. Any. Yeah, I just, I just think that that we're not going to change formation and we're not going to change what we're doing. So I just, I just struggle with it, and I want to prove me wrong. I, I, I don't want to come on the pod on Saturday and go, "Hat told you so." I want to prove me wrong. I want, but. Just, I'm lacking confidence in him as much as the squad. And like, I'm with you. I don't don't want his head yet, but it, it it's getting close. Mm. So, and I think when when you've got Lofton Oops, there's only two men for the job, isn't there? If he gets a sack, so Bez, you may as well tear up your season card. Oop. the Cowboys. They, 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 they'd absolutely adore the two big men up front. Oh, fucking hell, man. No, we can't because... They won't because we... one of them can't play football. <laughs> but we've got a director of football who wants to get the ball down and play football and they don't suit that. How, how do you know that that's what he wants? Because he said so on our podcast and at the fans' forum. I know, but, like... We didn't do that under Clark. No. No, we've changed philosophy over the summer. Let's change again, don't you? <laughs> Not to big boots yet. No, I aren't being funny, mate, but the striker signing says we have. <laughs> no. It is what no. it is, isn't it? No. Um, just before we go, uh, and I know this probably nine tenths of people won't listen to this until probably the day, but do get yourselves down to the supporters club meeting if you can. Um. Oli Arblaster, Alfie Devine and Josh Thomas will all be there. Um, so, should be a good crack. We are trying to yes. trying our best to get more and more people involved if we can. Uh, so, come down, just give it a go. It's completely free. Um, you know, there's a couple of little chats that need to go on and then, you know, you can put forward any concerns that you have towards the club and Mark will always make sure that they go to the club. Um so anything you're having a little bit of a rant on on Twitter, come down and tell us and then we can try and do something about it. Um, but yeah, so I think it's half seven in the Valiant Suite, is that right? I think so, yeah. Obviously I can't be there, Tom, because I'm in South Wales, so send my apologies. I'm away I will. Um, my concern is we haven't scored for seven and a half hours of football. Can you bring that up? Okay, now. <laughs> Killing me. I can bring it up, yeah? Fine enough. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Tom is now on the committee of the supporters club. I am. 
congratulations, I'll, Tom. I'll be honest, I don't I I I really want you bringing that up in front of Josh Thomas. I can't imagine that's going to do his confidence any good. I'll be well, honest, I imagine he'll, he'll, he'll probably say, I had a plate, so I can't do it. I was just going to say, he'll, he's responsible to get me on the pitch and I'll change that. Yeah, it's 7 o'clock tomorrow, 26th of October, in the Valiant Suite. Uh, so come on down. Yeah, come, and come have a pint with me. Tom will even pay for it. Tom will we'll pay for the first person's pint who says they want a pint with me. Yeah. So, get yourself down early. <laughs> 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 On the one slumped in the corner. Yeah. But yeah, so that'd be good and see everyone tomorrow. Yep, enjoy and an oversight on our part on Saturday. We forgot to wish Sir John Rudge an happy 79th birthday. So happy birthday, Sir John Rudge. Uh, hopefully this weekend we'll score a goal for you. Hopefully. Because it's been seven and a half hours. Dad. <laughs> we don't want we don't want it to be nine hours. We don't. No, definitely don't. Otherwise no. <laughs> No, no. Just now, just now, no. I'm already a little bit disillusioned, as you can tell. Yes, we can tell. But there I'm we just go. going back. The last game that we scored in the league was the Cambridge game. And that was after 20 minutes. So it's actually been, that's another 70 minutes. So seven, eight and a half, eight hours, 40 minutes. You the doom and gloom merchant. Yeah. Got a coffin out, Baz. <laughs> What's it like to score a goal? <laughs> well, the big hours, don't you? Like yeah, I can say maybe we do need to use that. The, the Italian lads used that Andy put in the group earlier, just get the big hours in the ammo behind the goal. Yeah. 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 But if, we, if we can maybe go with atmosphere in the ammo first, and let's see if that helps. Yeah. Because yeah. it was uh, very flat again last night, and I appreciate well, it was. Uh, I appreciate it was cold, and it's a night match, and the atmosphere does tend to have a bit of a shit turn. But let's, you know, Saturday, let's get behind the boys. Let's get a decent crowd, and let's hopefully go home happy at the end of it. Yeah. Come on, the veil. Let's get a goal. Piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll be back Sunday after the game to review it, we and we won't, we'll be back Saturday. Saturday evening, yeah. Saturday, I'm not in the country Sunday. So um, I won't I won't be doing that. Where are you going? Um Austria. All uh, right. Good I'm answer. Not, I'm not playing your shitty game. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Wrap it up, Johnny, before he starts singing. <laughs> oh actually, why are you not singing why are you not singing the song I sent you? Which one was that? The the one to the darts theme. Oh, because I couldn't get the tune right. What, you can't get... Du, 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 du. Right. Oh, is, that, is that the tune? I didn't really what? know what tune you were on about. It's a dot, the dot, Steve. Right, let me just have a look. Go on, I want you to sing this before we go. Did you send it me direct? I didn't know. Yeah, I... We put it in the group. Uh, it was too far back. Just, just use the search function at the top and put darts in. That'll be the first thing that comes up. Lazy bastard. Darts. Uh, he's found it straight away because he's messing with his eyebrows, which means he's trying to do it in his head. 
Uh, right, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. But now. We've been dreaming all day of our English ballet, Ali our blaster. Oi, oi, oi. When he's on the ball, it's fucking magical. Ali our blaster. Oi, oi, oi. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting that game at the bail. <laughs> yeah, too negative. Yeah, you're never getting that game at the bail. That's it's got more than three yeah. words. Yeah. I'll do it the next away game then, won't you? Oh, fucking hell. I'm going to get drunk then. It was next away game. Lincoln. It's Mansfield and the Cup. Lincoln. Lincoln. The Lincoln, big one. As long as they don't park us on that twatting car park three mile away from the ground and then say, oh, it's five to three, you better run. No, let's see. Wrap, wrap it up, Johnny. There we, we go. Get yourselves down Johnny's bar Thursday before the supporters club meeting for, for, for a quick pint and then get yourself up to the supporters club. It'll be open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Bez, are you down there for any dominoes this week? No, he isn't open Sunday this week. He's open Friday, Saturday, so he'll be there before and after the game. Fair enough. It's closed this week, this Sunday. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, other than that, keep well, have an ale, and up the veil. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.